0: Hi, this is Malayan Verveer. And this is Kim Azzarelli. We are co authors of the book Fast Forward How Women Can Achieve Power and Purpose. And you're listening to Seneca Women Conversations on Power and Purpose, a podcast brought to you by Seneca Women. James Quincy, chairman and CEO of the Coca Cola Company, understands the economic power of women. As consumers, women make 70% of food and beverage purchasing decisions. And as employees and leaders, Women are integral to the success of global companies like his. No surprise, then, that Coca-Cola has a long history of advancing women. I sat down with James at the Seneca Women Forum at the Metropolitan Museum of Art to discuss the partnerships that Coca-Cola has forged to empower women, its innovative 5x20 program, and why James says it's time to complete the journey to equality. Enjoy my conversation with James, and stick around after the discussion for my top takeaways. Good afternoon. It's great to be with you all here today. Um, I'm especially excited to be here with James Quincy, Chairman and CEO of the Coca-Cola Company. Now, you know that Coke has an incredible legacy of advancing gender equality and has really been a leader in this space. So, James, thank you for that. Welcome. So, James, tell us about what positive results you've been seeing in your work supporting women and what you're doing to ensure that that progress continues.
1: Sure. I mean, maybe um, start with what's happening inside the company. I, I heard some of the The video and the interest, I'm sure we'll get to some of our external (laughs) programs. Um, I think, you know, inside the company, uh, it's been a journey. Uh, Actually, somewhat interestingly, uh, for those who like Coke trivia, uh, (laughs) the first female appointed to a major uh, U.S. corporations board was the Coca-Cola company's board in 1934. I did not
0: Um, know that. Yes, (laughs) thank you for that.
1: Equality's been a long time coming, though, since 1934. Uh, As you saw on the number, I just saw it come up on the screen. The board's 38% uh, female now, Uh, and we've had a we've had an intense program over the last decade on uh, really pursuing the goal. uh, Gender being one of the most important features, certainly certainly globally, uh, of setting ourselves a a target of getting to to 50-50. Uh, As you saw on the numbers, we're making progress on the board, uh, perhaps slowly if you talk from 1934, but we're getting there. (laughs) Um, Internally to the company, I mean, we focus very much, we set up a a kind of a women's leadership council. So we focus very much on can we accelerate uh, at the top end of the company, generate a larger number of role models at the top end. I think the number was up there just a minute ago. Uh, 32% of the senior leadership, so the top top leadership of the company, is now like, female.
0: Like B. Perez.
1: And B is yeah. <laughs> somewhere in the audience that's very bright from the stage, but B is out there somewhere. Um, uh, and so we're making progress at the senior leadership, and I think encouragingly, um, because of course you can you can drive hard to move people into the top leadership positions, and it's still a relatively small number of people. Um, but what we start to see uh, going into the organisation is in the pipeline. Uh, of middle management, the feeders to the senior management, it's 45% wow. uh, female, and when we look at new hires, it's 50/50. So That's we can see, yeah. we can see the progress coming. That Thank is you. Uh, and and so we we think we think we can we think we can uh, make a lot of a, lot, uh, a, a leap towards our 50/50. And I think somewhat hearteningly, uh, what's also what you're also starting to see um, at the senior level, because often the progress is made first in the functional. Uh, areas. Uh, that's kind of, I don't know what the dynamic is completely, yeah. but you look at Coke or other companies, often right. you see you can push ahead further on the functional roles.
0: Is that like IR, HR? IR,
1: HR. Legal, affairs, legal le- for those legal. Of us out there. Um, and, and sometimes people have, or at least older companies have struggled more operationally. It's certainly in the last wave of the last few years, we've seen a lot more women come through in the top operating roles. So that's, yes. I think, very encouraging and saying that we'll be able to complete our journey and get
0: yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, those line jobs, I mean, that's that's a real important piece of this whole puzzle. So I think Milan mentioned 5 by 20, um, and I have to say that I'm a big fan of that program, <laughs> um, Empowering 5 Million Women Entrepreneurs by 2020. You know, I cite it all the time, um, but I also have a personal connection to it. I was in Brazil maybe five or six years ago working on different projects around women, and I was introduced to a woman in Rio, in the favelas in Rio, who was part of the Five by 20 program. And her life uh, was radically, and I mean radically transformed. She had been living in this favela that was really um, pretty much dominated by drug lords for many, many years. You couldn't even get in and out of the community. Uh, She had lost her son, she had lost uh, her husband, but she had this opportunity to engage in recycling in really creative ways that changed the community. And for me, it was really impactful. So I was saying before that, um, spoiler alert, in your gift bag, there is a bracelet, but I didn't know this, but this woman, Regina, is in our book, and this bracelet is by Regina by chance. So I feel we have some major karma going on here, <laughs> a good karma, that is. So can you tell us about 5x20, why you started the program, and kind of where we're at with it?
1: Sure. Um, 5 by 20 just the, the, the summary uh, of the idea is to empower 5 million uh, women entrepreneurs by 2020. Um, and, and the, 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 the origin of the idea um, is, in a sense, the, the, the kind of concept of shared value, Be, being able to create female entrepreneurs, that in of itself. I mean, you guys know the case for female empowerment better than I do, whether you want to put it in the column of social justice, whether you want to put it in the column of you know, countries with more women that are empowered – fight less wars, safer, do better economically. However, you whichever column you want to put it in, it's going to end up being a good thing. And then as we looked at our business globally around the world, um, you know, we're expanding. And so we saw an opportunity to both launch a huge private initiative to empower women and also intersect with the growth of our business. So we set the objective of 5 million by 2020. We're up over 3.2 million, I think, the end of last year. Um ninety two countries, so this is not kind of just one place. Um, and to give you an example of the sorts of things we do, so like in the Philippines, um, we went there and we basically went to women who either had small stores or wanted to get into the business of being in the small store business and provided them training, training on how um, uh, how to set it up, how to run the finances, how to manage the inventory, uh, how to think about the business, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And what we saw was we did 150,000 women. Um, On average, sales were up 20%, profits were up, high teens. uh, So they did much, much better. And a very high percentage, I think it was like 65%, 7%, felt much more confident in managing the future. And of course, the logical things happen. They then make more money, they spend it on nutrition for the kids or education. And that has a tremendous societal benefit, like the the Brazilian uh, example you talked about, which then percolates out because she employs a whole lot of people to...
0: And invests uh, like 90% back into her community. And invest
1: back into the community, and, and so it, it, it snowballs out. So I think, you know, whether it's the Philippine example, the Brazilian example, uh, a lot of them have touched somewhere on the ecosystem of the business. Um, so in a way, it's the bit we know best about on how to help them set up businesses. Um, so I think it's been, it's been very powerful.
0: I think maybe Milan mentioned this, but... The idea that we could be integrating women into the value chain of a company as opposed to just the philanthropic aspect is a really powerful concept. I know there are a lot of people in the room here who are trying to make that work. And we've really looked to 5x20 as a model because if you can integrate into the business, it's a sustainable project. And so um, we're really excited about that. So you are in the business of all things Total Beverage. You know, We know that women control the lion's share of purchasing power. How has that helped you evolve towards this total beverage model?
1: Yeah, I think the the latest statistic I saw was that 70% of uh, food and beverage decisions are made by women in one way, shape or form. So that's clearly clearly the majority. Uh, I think in, in simple terms, what we have returned to the simple idea of being consumer centric. I mean, what is it? Uh, that people want Um, you know when you're a large company a large institution particularly if you've been successful for an extended period of time Which I think we can say the coca-cola company has (laughs) um, That you you there's there's a tendency to start looking inwards Um, You become very big and just coordinating this massive institution becomes a huge deal Um, and what that can end up with among many problems uh, is you start drifting into the mindset of well we need to sell what we can make Uh, we make X, we need to sell X, Um, uh, rather than saying, okay, where are the consumers going to? What is it that the the modern consumer, whether it's the woman consuming for herself or buying for the family or or, or the man over here, what is it that they they want? Um, And so I think by really focusing in on the needs uh, of people, and in this case, in our case, predominantly women, what do they want? Where do they want things, you know, whether whether it's... um, You know, yeah, I I want to be able to give my kids a coat, but I want them to have a smaller package. I don't want to have the argument with them uh, about serving it from the bigger bigger bottle. Can you make me some smaller packages? Mm. Uh, And so you get into, yeah, okay, we can make smaller cans. And the the very small cans have been a a very successful product. So really being consumer centric and finding out what they want. And then, of course, then you get into the business of making what sells, uh, which generally speaking is a better strategy.
0: (laughs) So I think you know that, uh, and I know a lot of people in the audience know that Seneca Women is really focused on this concept of using your power for purpose. And for those of you who have been with us for many years now, we often talk about, actually inspired by the Virtue Foundation, we often talk about how you don't have to be the CEO to have power, you don't have to be a great philanthropist to make a difference, that everybody in this room can do something from where they sit. And I think the Virtue Foundation motto is, motto is one person at a time, one act at a time. But you are the CEO, <laughs> and you are using your power for a purpose. So how did you come to this, and why do you do what you do, and, and what commitments are you making for women and for the greater society?
1: Sure. Um, well, I mean, how, how did I come to it? I mean, you can take, you know, a huge conceptual uh, argument, and, and I made some of those points about whether it's social justice or, or actually societies with more women in power tend to, as I said, fight less wars, do eat better economically. Also, I'm a dad. i I've got a daughter. I mean, whichever end of the spectrum you want to start from, um, um, being part of the generation that sees the completion of the journey to equality. I know it's uh, 100 years since the vote in the U.S. It's roughly a similar sort of time period from the suffragettes in the U.K. Um, you know, that's a pretty good uh, marker on which to say, well, let's, let's complete the journey. Let's get there. Um, and so I came, that's, how I, you know, that's how I come to the journey. I can see the big... Um, Um, purpose reasons to do it, and I can see the simple reason uh, of the family to do it. Um, And so what are we doing? Well, firstly, we haven't completed... Can I just say one thing? I have
0: not heard anybody, which is why I'm smiling so much, I have not heard anybody use the phrase complete the journey towards equality. And for us, we talk a lot about how the journey started at Seneca Falls, for in this country, and all suffrage, and how the journey continues, but I'm really amazed and thrilled to hear you talk about completing the journey. I think that is a a shift that we have to make, talking about completing the journey. So, Sorry to interrupt,
1: but... You can I trademark it. I'll <laughs> let you have it. It's very powerful when you say it. So this is amazing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's small increments. Otherwise, you get stuck in small steps. Mm-hmm. If, you know, when you start at one or two and you're trying to get to 100, you can, you can make a lot of small steps to 100 from two. Yeah. Um, but if you start thinking about how am I going to complete the journey here, uh, then it starts to give a different perspective on what needs to be done. Now. Completing the (laughs) journey, we need to get 5 by 20 done. Uh, We're still 1.8 million people to go. We've got some very exciting programs coming up, a massive program has been started in China for about half a million people. So there's some big stuff going on. We'd really like to see that get finished. I'm not a a CEO who's the fan of immediately, as soon as you become CEO, stopping everything that came before and starting a whole lot of new things. Thank you for that. Um, I like the idea of completing the journey, getting done what we Uh set out to get done. Um, um, but we, I have taken on some new things, whether it's the, the New York Stock Exchange Advisory Council.
0: Yes, we were together um, there in, in June. Yeah,
1: so there were, you know, I, you know, there's, there's a lot of completing the journey left to do at board level uh, at corporations around the world, including the U.S. Uh, and so we're focused on helping uh, female executives, my networks, people in our companies to help improve the diversity at the board levels. Uh, so continuing to work with the Catalyst program um, and starting to, you know, uh, really drive those things and, and look at... And, of course, we're starting to think about, okay, well, what comes after 5x20? But, you know, step one is to execute and yeah. complete the journey. Well,
0: it, we really do appreciate you. It's true. When there's a change in CEO, you sometimes see a change of programs, but it seems like you've doubled down on the commitments, um, so you continue to lead in the space. So you talk a lot about your efforts internally at Coca-Cola, and I have some experience there, too, um, working with a lot of the women internally, how has your organizational culture evolved to bring your vision to life of advancing women at work?
1: Yeah, I, I think the, the the culture. I mean, it's a combination. Um, it's a combination of things. I mean, firstly, from a culture point of view, what we're driving at the moment is a bit back to the comment on large, particularly successful, but large institutions tend to become overly inward-looking. Uh, is we're pressing very hard on the idea of a growth mindset. Mm. Um, Put simply, and and this is how we talk about internally, four things. Um, Curiosity, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you're not consumer centric, if you're not thinking about the other person in the supply chain and you're just looking internally, you'll miss opportunities and we won't see things. So firstly, curiosity, what's going on out there? Mm -hmm. Uh, Secondly, feeling some degree of empowerment. Don't assume someone else is gonna fix it or someone else will capture the opportunity. You've gotta feel the accountability to. Feel you can go and do something. Um, most people will imagine head office has more, way more rules than head office actually has, <laughs> um, and so feeling empowered. But the third one uh, is critically important, and that's an intersection with what we're talking about: is in cl- being inclusive. Um, you know, we have um, tens of thousand people working with the Coca-Cola Company, hundreds of thousand people, uh, seven hundred and seventy thousand to be more precise, working in our total ecosystem with our bottling partners, and of course millions once you bring in the retailers, there's a tremendous amount of depth of human talent in the enterprise, men and women. Let's draw on that, because one thing is to create a diverse organization by bringing in a balance of genders or or race or or whatever dimension we want to talk about. That's all well and good, but actually it's going to be more inefficient if you don't drive inclusiveness, Mm -hmm. because if everyone's the same, at least they get stuff done. They may be wrong, but at least they get stuff done. (laughs) If you get a whole load of diverse people who can't talk to each other, nothing's going to get done. You have to drive inclusiveness as well. So we've been very clear that, yes, we made progress on the diversity objectives, but we must drive the inclusiveness as well, both from the angle of drawing on the global learnings, but also being able to integrate um, and leverage the diverse talents that are there so we can really let the best ideas flow through. And that's part of what we're doing now. There's a last part of that, which is... Um, agility which is kind of the trendy word these days but it's more the idea of you know we used to do five ads a year so people spent a lot of time perfecting them and now you can do version one version two and just get it out of the door Um, so there's a big focus on the culture which has got embedded in it an axis on on inclusion and really integrating the the more diverse uh, workforce and then there's other things we do in culturally whether it's you know, putting together networks of people, we call them business resource groups, but it's communities of interest, whether that be the women's, uh, women's group or, or, or by race or whatever. And, and we use that to help us identify things we can solve. And sometimes things you need to do in the culture to help women advance is not something for women. So an example would be more paternity leave doesn't just help men, it helps women, because yes. if the primary breadwinner is the woman... Having the ability for the man to be at home actually helps the woman. So really have to see what is it the policies that ha- can help, uh, help make this work.
0: I can't believe we're going to be out of time in a few minutes. But yeah, that's. I think what you're saying is really powerful. And we know there are great statistics out there, particularly to that point that you just made about when paternity leave is offered, women's salaries actually go up. You know, yeah. and that's that's just an amazing concept. But, of course, when you really think about it, it, it all makes good sense. But we need leaders in positions who can actually make it happen, because otherwise we're all just talking to each other and it's fun. But we know, you know, if we have people at the helm who can actually make a difference in their organizations and lead the way as you have, we really appreciate it. So I want to thank you for being here with yeah. us. I can't believe the time flies like it does. Thank you so much. James. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Great to be with you. I hope you enjoyed that powerful conversation with James Quincy. Follow the hashtag 5x20 on social media to learn more about this incredible program. My top takeaways? First, supporting women's economic empowerment can be integrated across all aspects of a company's value chain. Consider the 5x20 program that works with a variety of women entrepreneurs, from farmers to bottlers to sellers. Integrating into a company's value chain will ensure that a program is sustainable. Second, implementing equality isn't always easy, but it's worth it. Developing policies like parental leave, for instance, can help all employees, both men and women. Finally, let's not get stuck on small steps. As James says, we need to be part of the generation that completes the journey to equality. To do that requires both bold thinking and execution. You're listening to Seneca Women, Conversations on Power and Purpose. Please support this podcast by telling your friends, subscribing, and rating us on Apple Podcasts. For more information, follow Seneca Women on social media, visit our website, senecawomen.com, and check out the Seneca Connect app in the App Store. Have a great week.